Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guest. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from the Upper Northwest part of the United States, Dr. Stephanie Kahn, psychologist and former law enforcement officer. Dr. Kahn, thanks so much for joining us on Law Enforcement Today's show. Pleasure to have you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We started talking a while ago via email. Uh, you've got a book out, and then you know I, I get approached by a lot of people that, that want to talk about their book. Uh, and also get approached by quite a few people who are in the mental health field because there's a, a big problem with our first responders, meaning firefighters, EMTs, law enforcement, dispatchers, corrections officers, and the amount of traumatic stress they deal with that uh, it, it's creating a, a huge problem. And when I had a conversation with you, you're like, oh, I'm a retired or former law enforcement officer as well. And I was like, wow, this person definitely got to have on our show so i'm glad you are joining us today yeah i'm i'm very happy to be here it's really close to my heart not only having been a police officer but being the wife and daughter of police officers it's very i think it gives me uh, a unique perspective it and does. certainly a lot of purpose for anybody's been in law enforcement for any period of time I, I can only speak for myself it becomes part of your dna it becomes part of who you are. And I've been retired longer than I was actually in the Baltimore Police Department. I was hurt and retired at a very young age and uh, started pursuing a career in radio. But I still feel a, a close affinity to my law enforcement family. And, and I'm, I'm driving down the road. If I see a car stop, a trooper, anybody, I always watch to make sure they're okay. I've stopped many times and will probably continue mm-hmm. to do that. Even when I need to walk her to get out of the car, I'll probably still do that. It's part of my genetic makeup. And I imagine it's the same with you. It's all, yes. In fact, it's uh, interesting when I do go on rideouts, because I try to do rideouts with police and fire agencies I work with on a regular basis. It's a constant reminder that I'm no longer acting in that capacity. And I'm obviously going to be watching for their safety and traffic and that kind of stuff, those kinds of things. But it's it's certainly a, a transition. And I, I want to clarify, you know, even though I'm retired, my my oath to enforce the law expired when I retired. My oath to protect 
lives and safety, especially of my fellow officers, it had never expired and probably never will. But, you know, I'm a dramatically different guy today than I was when I was 33 and retired. And I, I know we're going to talk about some of this in a moment. Before we do that, I want to talk about your organization, what you do, your book, how people can get more information. Uh, you're online. What's the website? I am, uh, my company is First Responder Psychology, and it's firstresponderpsychology.com, and first is spelled out. And, um, yeah, and what I do is I uh, see individuals in therapy and couples in therapy that are first responders, and that runs the entire gamut, police, fire, corrections, dispatcher, EMS, as well as I do quite a bit of training in organizational settings, more proactive, preventative resilience training, and I respond to critical incidents for critical incidents and stress debriefings. I support peer support teams, policies to support mental health in the workplace, and consulting on programs like that so that's an awful lot that's quite a that's a a big plate that's full with a lot of things it is full but it's you know the thing is as i always tell these first responder agencies i don't want to be at the bottom of the waterfall helping people scoop people up after they've crashed over i want to be on the front end as well i want to be up at the top and doing something to prevent people from going over because as you said mental health issues, whether it's post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety, substance abuse, what have you, um, we need to get on the front end of that and do something to get people understanding the risk of navigating the waters, you know, the, the difficult waters of the first responder work. And so I think we owe it to them to try to give them as much information and strategies as possible to be healthy for their, their entire career. If I'm reading you correctly, you're talking about treatment, obviously, for those who are struggling, but there's also a proactive, preventative course that you recommend? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I, I recently had the pleasure of speaking at the Oregon Association of Chiefs of Police and the Sheriff's Joint Conference and talked at length about, okay, here's what we know helps first responders, in, in that case, police officers, here's what we know helps them to be mentally and physically, spiritually prepared to deal with the day-in, day-out exposure to, to trauma of others, as well as the exposure to their own traumas, their own threats to safety. And here's what we know helps them to prepare for those kinds of events. And here's what we know is the difference between some people who have a harder time dealing with those exposures because of certain risk factors. And here's some that have an easier time because these are the protective factors in place. And so when we know what those are, we're empowered to make changes so that people don't necessarily have to go over the waterfall and come crashing down to the bottom requiring uh, treatment at that time. Is that message being received warmly by a lot of agencies when we talk to them? Yes, it's much so, uh, much more than it has in the past. And some of it has to do with, I think, me being invited based upon having written my book. I think there's an openness to it. I think there's a readiness for it. There are, here in Oregon, uh, they have a officer wellness committee, a task force that is, has come together with multiple interested parties 
stakeholders who said, what do we need to do to try to help our people be healthy? And so there's absolutely a change as there needs to be due to the suicide rates for first responders going up and the morale going down in the first responder profession. And so I'm, I'm happy to see that people are responding to these negative events that are happening in, and trying to be more proactive about it. And I'm glad to see it too, because when I was a, a young police in the 1980s and when I retired in the early 90s, it was a totally different world. And of course, it was the East Coast. And to some degree, it seems from our interviews with people that many agencies on the West Coast are more open-minded than some of the old iconic departments here on the East Coast. And and in their defense, the East Coast departments have made leaps and bounds progress compared to the way they were in the 80s and 90s. But still, mm-hmm. there's a way to go. Have you experienced that as well? Yeah, and I've spoken with people just, again, many people I'm connected with on LinkedIn Many people have contacted me because they've learned about my book. And so I've talked with people on the East Coast and the West Coast, and there are resources on the East Coast. I know, for instance, at NYPD, they have an organization called PAPA. And yes. This is a, right, you're familiar with them. It's, it's, a, it's an organization that supports police officers and, and in a confidential way. And so, and, and this is support by peers. And so I know that, and I've connected with many people on the east and the west coast and so i know there is a growing interest in it but i would say that here on the west coast certainly especially coming out of california i can't get online and look in my social media and not see someone else is developing another training course or providing some kind of support or doing research and I'm really liking what I'm seeing because there's just a swelling of support. I'm glad to uh, see that. We're going to have to take a short break. We are talking to Dr. Stephanie Kahn, a psychologist uh, and also former law enforcement officer. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today's show. We'll be right back. We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725, online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt, 
We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817 That's 800-948-6817 Do you owe back taxes to the IRS? News flash, the president has changed the tax laws and now you may be able to pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, the tax doctor can help you pay the IRS as little as possible allowed by law. There are new tax laws for business owners, the self-employed, even W-2 workers. If you have a back tax problem or a few years of unfilled returns, new help to save you money is now here. Call right now to see how the new tax laws can help you. Plus, right now, we'll waive the consultation fee and give you a free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self-employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Home Security Advisors. Call 866 866- 334-6387. They're online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Is your home as secure as it should be? If not, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387. There's no price you can put on safety and peace of mind for you and your family. Protect your valuables, gain remote access to your home, reduce your homeowner's insurance, and deter criminals. High-tech security options for low cost. To get more information, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387, or visit them online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Call 866-334-6387. That's 866-334-6387. 866-334-6387. Online at help dot lock it down today dot com returning to our conversation with dr stephanie khan uh psychologist and also former law enforcement officer and we've talked about your book and we haven't even mentioned the title of it what is it it is increasing resilience in police and emergency personnel strengthening your mental armor it is available on amazon as well as from the publisher and uh on the publisher is routledge and so it is available there as well is there is a free preview so if someone wasn't sure if they wanted to commit to buying the book you can read all of chapter one and snippets of additional chapters and that's also available on my website at firstrespondersychology.com you can download it from there and when you say resilience, that's a term that people may not be familiar with. I think I have an idea what you're referring to. What mm-hmm. do you mean by that? We say police or law enforcement or first responder resilience. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. And a lot of people, there's a lot of synonyms for it where people say it's, it's grit or um, other things like that. But in my mind, I think resilience is a process. Resilience is a series of choices that you make day in, day out, 
based upon an idea of I have to be intentional about caring for myself. So it isn't something you have or don't have, like it's some type of characteristic, some kind of character trait. And I liken it to officer safety because, again, you don't have officer safety or lack thereof. It is a practice, and it means you have to be aware of what's going on and make constant adjustments to your safety and, in the case of resilience, to your well-being. I like that. Uh, That also made me oversimplify a version. I know you heard this back in the day, uh, that no matter Mm -hmm. how bad the situation you might find yourself in when you're a a police officer on the street or you're a first responder on the street, you stay in the fight. You you don't give up. You, You don't surrender. You don't quit. And I always tell people, especially those who are struggling with uh, the PTS or uh, any of those related issues that don't give up. Stay in the fight because it gets better, but you're Mm going to need backup. You're going to need someone to help you out. Right, and that's part of the the proactive training that I do is it is one thing to say, okay, I need to take care of myself. I need to make minor adjustments. Um, again, kind of drawing the parallel between that and you know going to a call and having to make minor adjustments to make sure you're safe and your surroundings are safe and these and other people are safe. So you're always having to make um, multiple decisions along the way to be safe and to be healthy. And so, but you do have to have backup, and it's hard to have backup in life as well uh, if you are not feeding those relationships because your loved ones will not be there to support you if you are married to the job. And that's a big problem in the first responder profession is that commitment or in some cases overcommitment to the job because it ends up leaving you without the resources or the backup, if you will, uh, in your uh, personal life. We wind up isolating many times and pushing people away that matter the most. Absolutely. And some of it has to do with the post-traumatic stress response, where there's a tendency to try to draw in and pull away from other people because you don't want, you know, uh, don't want them to see what's happening for you, or it's difficult for you to put forth the energy to connect with other people. And it's the last thing that you need is is to is to be more isolated. That's just that's yeah, very troubling that that occurs and quite often and unfortunately this happens very very often especially with that issue and i'm not a a trained professional by any stretch and don't don't i I don't profess to be uh that when people do that they'll wind up self-medicating uh so they can they can in their mind get some sleep and that's another way of isolating and withdrawing from all these relationships and actually pushing these people that that you value the most away and when they're gone then that becomes the the catalyst for really really bad things. Mm-hmm. Right, and again, it's it's I, again I liken it to officer safety. These are the kinds of things that you know if you went to a call and you made a series of mistakes that put you more and more at, at harm in harm's way. Um, people would say, hey, what's the matter with you? Why are you doing that? You're taking unnecessary risk on these calls to, you know, to fall off the ladder if you're a firefighter or to be in harm's way as a police officer. But people aren't so quick to do that in your personal life and say, hey, what are you doing here? You're isolating. Hey, I'm noticing you're drinking more, that you're not spending time with your friends as you normally would. People are less apt to bring those kinds of things up in the personal life because they're just like, oh, that's their personal life. I, you know, they're having a hard time. I, I just need to leave them alone. The old saying that I like to to use is care enough to hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, because yep. you might be saving their life. And that's the reality of what goes on here. 
when an officer, and I know you've been through this, in, in Baltimore, it was Signal 13. When an officer called a Signal 13 or a Signal 13 was called on an officer that they were in trouble, that it was a life-threatening situation, we would go through literally hell or high water and put ourselves at extreme risk to get there to help that officer out. Yet, when it is an officer who's struggling away from the job, struggling with these issues, oftentimes those very heroic people will say, well, I, I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing and won't even mm-hmm. talk to them. Right, right. And that happens with coworkers. And that's, again, part of the reason why I like to do the training that I do and I'm doing here in about a week and a half is saying, if you see something, say something. You know, I, I like what you're saying. If you care enough to hurt someone's feelings, you it's coming to someone and saying, I'm concerned about you. I've noticed the change in you is so important. Yes, they can say, you know, you know, no, I'm fine. They can deny it. But at least they know someone is taking notice. Right. And actually, right? It, it, I think it helps when they realize and at first they may get very angry. They may deny it, like you said. And sometimes, and it's okay if it's if you're wrong. If you just notice something, just having a bad day. But they mm-hmm. at least know that someone there cares enough to say, "Look, what's going on with you?" Mm-hmm. Uh, all too often, yeah. we had people that that got that uh, we call it the you know the six hundred yard stare, where they were you know, drinking, and all of a sudden they're quiet. Then their their mood would change and. Uh, and we just oftentimes, unfortunately, I would say I would do nothing. Mm-hmm. And this happens in, in police families as well. And I've had and I, you know, I work with individuals and couples and I have had couples, the, the, the spouse or significant other of the first responder say, I have noticed a change in you for the last year, but I didn't feel like I could say anything. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Yeah. And the first responder is just like what and they were they're they they're hearing it for the first time in my office because it's gotten to the level where the marriage is in trouble or the person's uh drinking has gotten excessive and this is the first time they hear of it is when it's gone way too far and unfortunately that's not uncommon that happens quite often oh yeah yeah yeah, and I, I tell the story, not to those individuals necessarily, because what's done is done at that point, and now we're just trying to to um, get things back on track. But I tell the story of when I was an officer and I worked in the gang unit, and I was in love with the idea of how important, and my, my ego was so wrapped up in what I was doing, and I was thinking, look at how awesome my, you know, my job is, and my uh, I got this neat ninja-looking gear that I'm wearing, and I was just in love with the idea of what I was doing, and my husband uh, actually, who's a police officer, held a mirror up to me and said, you know, hey, you're taking calls all hours of the night. They're, they don't seem to be an emergency. And I just dismissed it at first saying, no, no, you don't understand. Uh, I'm needed. It's important. You know, there's a lot of crime. I got to deal with it. And he, fortunately, he didn't give up. He continued to say to me, Stephanie, you know, you are not seeing this for what it is. And fortunately, he was able to help me see that I had uh, no balance in my life and was not doing what I needed to do for myself and my personal life because I was so in love with the idea of what I was doing at work. I get that. We are talking with Dr. Stephanie Kahn, a psychologist and also former law enforcement officer. You listen to Law Enforcement Today. We're taking a short break. We'll be right back. We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. 
and all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725, online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Do you owe back taxes to the IRS? Newsflash, the president has changed the tax laws. And now you may be able to pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, the tax doctor can help you pay the IRS as little as possible allowed by law. There are new tax laws for business owners, the self-employed, even W-2 workers. If you have a back tax problem or a few years of unfilled returns, new help to save you money is now here. Call right now to see how the new tax laws can help you. Plus, right now, we'll waive the consultation fee and give you a free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self-employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725, online at transformationstreatment.center. We're having a great conversation with Dr. Stephanie Kahn. Uh, she is a psychologist, also a former law enforcement officer, and you brought up a great point, uh, Dr. Kahn, about getting so wrapped up in the job that, and I did it, I, I, I did it, and I'm, I, I'm almost now ashamed to say that, but it's, it's like a double-edged sword at one side you know i'm sorry that it interfered with relationships or people who really matter the most meaning uh, my ex-wife and my daughters i'm also very very proud of my service so it's like i don't want to say it's all negative but it's not all positive there's a the term you use which is so elusive is balance 
finding that mm-hmm. in almost any aspect of our life is just extremely difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a, it's a common occurrence. And, I, you know, and people have said, because when I was conducting research on uh, police officers having a life outside of their work, and I advertised for it I had, in a police magazine that I wrote a mental health column for, I had so many people email and say, you're never going to find anyone because the job won't let you have it. You know, the agency won't let you have it. You know, it's just not possible. And I ended up having more participants for that study than I needed. I actually had to shut off the recruiting process and people had things to say. They were actually finding ways, despite shift work in court and overtime and demands of parenting and so forth, people were being creative and finding ways to have a balanced life. Not perfectly all the time, but they, the key was intentionality and awareness. Making time to do things. My wife and I, we jokingly say all the time that we have to plan dates together. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and my, the girls are all, they're adults now. It's not an issue of that. Uh, careers, she has what she does. I have what I do. And the next thing you know, if you really don't take time and make time for each other, then you wind up saying, where's the three months gone? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, a, and a, a colleague of mine, Jack Digliani, talks about it as life by design versus life by default. If you do not design your life in the way that you want it to be with what's important to you being up there at the top, you will have a life by default and you will be riddled with regrets because your relationships will not be what you want them to be. Your health will not be what you want it to be. It it can't be because life will not just give you those things. You have to actually invest in those things with intentionality, with design. And everybody needs to do that, not just law enforcement officers, not just first responders. Everybody needs to find time to plan to do things that are important to them. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. We get we just get too busy. Right. And, and I do work with some non-first responders, and I'm seeing it there as well. And it's interesting because we have a, a, a notion called time sickness where people, many people are afflicted with time sickness. They're like, there's not enough time in my day to do everything. And... My my response is, you have to decide, you actually have to, this is the awareness part, you have to see where your time is actually going. And I'm guilty of it myself. If I'm noticing I'm goofing off online and I'm like, okay, is this, am I intentional about what am I, I'm doing or am I aware of how I'm spending my time? And so it's something you, again, it's, this resilience is a process. You have to constantly make choices day in, day out to say, this adds to my life or this doesn't add to my life, which one do I want to choose? Easier said than done, but definitely worthwhile doing. How did you transition from a career in law enforcement to become a psychologist? Was there something that motivated you, or was it something you wanted to do for a long time? Well, I had always loved psychology, and um, I had always, I had an undergrad in psychology when I became a police officer, but I was working on the critical incident stress management peer support team. We had a couple of officers killed in the line of duty one year apart. And after the second one, and I participated in the the events, the support events that occurred after his death, I had many people asking me for support um, as a peer support member. But what they asked for was well beyond my skill set as a as a peer member. And so, but they said we we won't go to this psychologist or that one because they don't. Don't understand our work. Right. And so I saw there was a gap in culturally competent um, clinicians to work with first responders, and I chose to fill that gap. And so that's what I've done. 
and that's another issue that quite often I always say if you are having difficulty uh, talk to someone if you're in law enforcement if you're a, a corrections officer dispatcher EMS EMT firefighter and, and you're struggling with any of the things that are the typical red flags associated with post-traumatic stress disorder go talk to a professional but find someone mm-hmm. who understands Oh, a trauma is all about in that line of work because quite often we hear some people say, I get there and then they ask me questions that or, or make statements uh, that come across judgmental and they go, and that first responder just shuts down. Oh, yeah. I did a webinar yesterday, and it was the second of a four-part series um, in response to a, that exact situation where an officer who had been involved in a shooting went to a counselor who was not trained in working with first responders, and she asked him why he had his gun out. And that, of course, went over like a lead balloon with him. He complained to his department. He complained to the to the EAP, who in turn hired me and said, can you please uh, train our clinicians on how to support first responders, and it has evolved into multiple other requests from the initial one that I did this just uh, the first time this summer. And I would imagine that's the same thing with our our, our combat veterans who who come back, and uh, if they're going through the VA, then they're probably getting people who have some experience in that area, and certainly training in that area. But some mm-hmm. who've been retired for a long time, and then uh, they decide I I need some help and go seek a, a private clinician, may wind up having the same sort of negative experiences if they don't find someone that's been trained there. Right. Yeah. And I. Some of my first responders also have uh, are, are military vets, and so and and I had one about a week and a half ago tell me that in all the years he'd had therapy, that this was the first time that he'd had someone where he didn't have to explain things, and he actually felt like he was making some some headway, which is a huge compliment, um, and and feels it warms my heart to know that, but it also breaks my heart to know that he tried and tried and tried, and didn't get what he felt like uh, was helpful. In the, uh, previously, and unfortunately, what that means is that person suffers, and it's not just that person, not just that first responder, or not that veteran, but also their family as well, because it's it mm-hmm. is truly I don't want to say family disease because I don't I don't like the term. Um, it's in a disorder or injury that affects everyone nearby. Oh, absolutely. I mean. You know, research shows that the rates or, or, or the um, symptomology of the person with post-traumatic stress is pretty much on par with uh, in terms of symptomology for their significant other. Very similar. Um, and, you know, whether it's because they uh, are hearing the stories of what has happened or they have had to... Um, observe their nightmares or flashbacks or those kinds of things and then it just disrupts family roles and you know one person's having to take over for another person when they normally would take care of the kids or household tasks or finances or those kinds of things and so they're having to try to carry the load for that person as well and it's very difficult on family members. We are talking with Dr. Stephanie Kahn, a psychologist and also former law enforcement officer. We're talking about PTSD. We're talking about many, many issues, and you are listening to Law Enforcement Today's show. We're going to take a short break for some commercial messages, and I promise you we will be right back, so don't go anywhere. 
rates based on a man age 42 with no tobacco use of any form for 20 years. Policy number 25. Policy underwritten by various life insurance companies. Premium includes a $50 policy fee. Rates and underwriting criteria subject to change at any time. Not available in some states. You've heard those term life insurance ads with their rates read very low. And at the end, they have a long disclaimer read extremely fast. Why? Because most people like us will never qualify for those rates. It's just a way to get you to call. Listen, at the term lifeline, we'll never quote you a low rate hoping you'll call. Then try to sell you something else. But we do promise to get you the best rates available on policies of $500,000 or more with professional service. Don't waste your valuable time. Get the real rates you want on term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more from the term lifeline. Call now. 
where I think everyone listening can understand. You're not being very clinical, which is much appreciated because you'd, I'll be honest with you, you'd lose me right away. <laughs> I'd lose a lot of people right away because I don't think that. I mean, sometimes, and I do in my book, I, I draw research in, um, I, I draw uh, from that, but I, I feel like um, no one wants a lecture, and uh, people just want to know that, hey, there's a good reason for why I do what I do, and there's good reasons for me to try to do this instead, and so I do try to support my ideas with those kinds of things, but I don't want to um, have anyone feeling like uh, they're being taught uh, in, a, in a classroom setting. And I also try, when I talk on the show, I also try not to go into my own experience, my own background too much, uh, and I try to avoid specifics for that very reason. But a lot of what you're talking about is so familiar because back in the the early 90s, there's many, many well-intended mental health professionals and doctors that really, really cared a lot. But mm-hmm. they didn't have the tools and they didn't have the experience and they didn't have the spread of information that is so plentiful now, thanks to practitioners like yourself. And we've come a long way. And I don't want mm-hmm. people to think that the way things were in the 90s is how it is today. Just for a post-traumatic stress example, there are so many different forms of treatment that didn't exist even 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and it's you know, and we talk about post-traumatic stress, but to be clear, the, um, the the bigger issues in the first responder world are the ones that are quite quieter, if you will, and that draw less media attention. And it's things that every individual could be subjected to, and that's depression and anxiety. But again, some of the depictions of police and police issues uh, tend to be the ones that that are more sexy, if you will, or, yeah. or, or more, more uh, glamorized alluring. by Hollywood. Yeah. Glamorized. Yeah. Like the post-traumatic stress re- response, but even post-traumatic stress disorder can be confusing for some because they're, they're accustomed to what they call the positive symptoms, which is the presence of something, a flashback, um, uh, an outburst, uh, hypervigilance, those kinds of things versus the, uh, what they call the negative symptoms, which is the absence of something. And so that's the withdrawing from other people and avoiding things and some of the negative changes in their, in their mood and those kinds of things. And so I think it's the quieter stuff that that people need to be paying more attention to because police officers, firefighters, EMS, they have, they're subject to having anxiety and depression based upon genetic predispositions that all of us right. are. Yeah. Um, they have sick kids, they have dying parents, they have other all the same things that everyone else has, and yet those kinds of things are not, not being talked about. And we could talk about so much, and you know what we have to do? We'll do this again. We're running out of time. For example, the term anxiety. I personally, I hate that term. I understand why it's used clinically. For me, it's more like an adrenaline. It's a a very physiological fight or flight response that uh, comes up. Uh, And so I know a lot of first responders go, anxiety, that sounds like some kid crying in the corner. That's not me. You know, the John Wayne stuff comes out. Uh, So that would be a conversation for a, a long period of time. One of the things that you did hit on, you mentioned about, for lack of better words, the positive and, and negative traits, uh, hypervigilance being one of them that we all know that goes with this. And uh, you know, to some degree, all first responders and all military people I know will say, I do the same thing. When I go out with my wife, I always have the chair near the wall, my back to the wall where I can see the door. Uh, noise can be a real issue. If there's too much noise, too much echo, all that could be an issue. And uh, I, I try to avoid things I know 
create an unnatural state within me. For example, I mm-hmm. try to avoid stress as much as possible. I try to avoid things that make me angry. Um, and I try to really watch the things I do from eating to sleeping and everything else. And, and those are all things that were taught to me over a long period of time. And, and believe it or not, have a huge impact but that goes back to the conversation about balance, which, you know, just when I think I got it, something else comes along, you know, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm juggling eight, eight eggs again, you know, and uh, uh, it never quite seemed to get there. What are some of the things that you would suggest to someone who may have a, a family member, a loved one, or, or someone in their unit that may be exhibiting some of the signs? What should they do? Feeling some of the signs of being hypervigilant hypervigilant maybe you know we say cause concern or they're starting a lot more domestic situations a lot more arguing drinking too much change in behavior all the things you talked about well i think it's important for them to first say i mean start off any conversation and saying i care about you i'm concerned about you i love you um and here's what i am seeing and what can i do to help you, what can I do to support you? And um, and in there, listen, a lot of listening to you know, and perhaps the person could deny what's going on, and you may have to come back around depending on your relationship with them and say, you know, then help me understand, you know, because here's what I've noticed: I've noticed that you used to, you know, take the dog for a run every other morning, and now you're not. Help me understand what's happening, and so it's it's a matter of showing that care and concern, but also not letting them say, nope, nope, I'm all, all's good, and then just dropping it because it's a difficult question or it's a difficult conversation to have. Um, I think that's part of it. And I think before you can even do that, you really have to have the kind of relationship with the person along the way to be able to have those difficult conversations. And uh, I think a lot of times people that might be difficult for the spouses to do that. It might be easier for coworkers. And uh, especially those, when you're dealing with retired first responders, that's where a lot of times the symptoms are really, really kick up because they've lost a lot of what their coping skills was by going to work and who they hung with and everything else. Uh, we got to wrap things up. Dr. Khan, uh, again, tell people the name of your book and website and where they get more information about you and what you do. The name of, the, of my book is Increasing Resilience in Police and Emergency Personnel, Strengthening Your Mental Armor. It is available on Amazon. You can download a free preview from my website, which is firstresponderpsychology.com. First uh, is spelled out. Uh, yeah, that's how you can find me. Uh, thank I you very much it. for your service in police work and for what you're doing now in the mental health field and for joining us on Law Enforcement Today Show. Very much appreciated. Oh, thank you so much for having me. In every community across the United States, towns, cities, states, we have law enforcement officers. We have first responders. We have incredible stories of heroism from our first responders. From law enforcement officers, EMTs, paramedics, firefighters. In addition to that, we have heroic crime victim survivors. If you want to tell your story, of survival and how you recovered and how you rebuilt your life, feel free to contact us. We'd love to have you as a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. We made it so easy to get a hold of us, too. There's many different ways. Go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, the Contact Us page of the webpage. Download our free app 
on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. You can contact us through the free app. You can contact us on our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. Heck, send me an email. My email address is J, that's J-A-Y, at lawenforcementtoday.com. You see, we'd love to hear your story. And we know, we hear so often, I have a story to tell, but no one will give me a platform. Law Enforcement Today is your platform. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here at Law Enforcement Today. On behalf of everyone associated with the show and the website, this is John J. Wiley. Until next time, see ya. Thank you.